Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Neurodiversity in Everyday Life with Brent Sopel. I have a guest for you today that you are going to just flip over. His story, his wisdom, and who he is as a man. Brent Sopel has a Stanley Cup win. And I'm a new hockey fan in about the last 10 years. And so, like, I really appreciate the skill of that sport. And it's like, they don't just have a short season. It's long. So, he's worked really hard. Um, He's also overcome a lot of difficulties that he didn't even know were a thing for so long. So, This man has great wisdom about what it's like to live in a body with neurodiversity and what the consequences have been by not being found out early enough, not being told what to do to cope early enough. And then, of course, what he's doing now to rectify that situation in our world. So, Brent, thank you for coming on Someone Gets Me. I'm so delighted that you're taking time out of your life to share with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, and see, everybody that I know knows you because of hockey. And I have a friend of mine who has taught me all about hockey. So now I understand it. She's uh, from New Jersey and, you know, I'm from Florida. So we're football people. And so when the lightning came, like I was at the very first lightning game and I have a puck from the first game, I understand that's a big deal. Like I didn't know it was a deal, but it was a deal, right? And so when I I was so excited when I got a chance to meet you because I'm like, that is an amazing sport that I never understood when I was younger. Anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about, (laughs) I digress. We're here to talk about how it's been for you living with dyslexia, living with a different kind of neurology, neurodiversity, we call it, and share with people starting like kind of in the beginning, like when did, because you had trouble before you actually found out what it was, right? Yeah. Uh, Again, you know, I appreciate having me on, you know, dyslexia we're born with a right brain wired differently, you know? So I always say we struggle longer, harder and deeper than anybody because we're born that way, you know? So we struggle from my first time we grabbed that book. So yeah, I've, I've been struggling since the day I was born. You know, your main reading areas, grade three and four. And I was reading at a grade four level in high school. Wow. So, yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't get diagnosed with dyslexia until I got my, uh, one of my daughters tested when she was in grade two, I was 32 years old. Right. And that happens to that happens to a lot of the parents I work with, and a lot of the adults that are gifted and neurodiverse I work with is they don't find out about their own situation until their children get diagnosed. And it's like, wait a second, I have that too. Yeah. And you know, last night I heard 40 million adults have it, two million know it. Right. That that's that feels like it goes with what I what I see all the time. And I also see it in other areas of neurodiversity, like ADHD and 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 all other things yeah. where the adult doesn't realize they've suffered with it their whole life. And then their kids get diagnosed and it's like an epiphany. So what kind of emotion did you feel when you realized, wait a second, I have dyslexia and that's why I've struggled all these years? Yeah, you know, so obviously go back to the ADHD, 30% of dyslexics. And, you know, I have ADHD too. So, you know, I got that dysgraphia, the writing portion to calculus. I, you know, I got, the, got the whole thing, but I was later in my NHL career. So I think it was 32, 33. I, got my di- I, I just ended up worrying about my daughter. 
you know, I had gone so long thinking um, I was dumb, but also I didn't, I wasn't in the real world. What I mean by that, you know, I was playing a sport. I wasn't right, emailing. I wasn't doing that kind of stuff. So I never focused on myself. It was just kind of, oh, there was something there. So maybe I wasn't dumb, but that was it. Just turned my attention to, to her because I was still playing hockey. I ended up playing hockey for another, you know, five, six, seven years after, after that and didn't realize what it all really meant until I did enter the real world because you know, hockey web video, not typing emails, you know, not doing that kind of thing. So um, obviously being a visual learner, you know, we're watching videotape, putting things on the whiteboard, things that, you know, is what I needed, thank goodness. Uh, but it's, uh, it was really a, a tough moment to walk in that real world. Again, at the age of 40 with learning disorders. Right. The learning disorders that you didn't even like really understand what they've yeah. done. So let's back the time up a little bit when you were younger and you're struggling with reading and writing and, and, and concentration, all that. And nobody's telling you that it's a thing and you're having a hard time. How did you cope with that when you were a young kid? Like, did you get introverted? Did you what did you do like to make it through? You know, if I didn't have hockey, I would have been dead, you know, years ago. You know, I always say you go to school for eight hours and, and our self-esteem just goes right through the tank. And that is yeah. the number one problem with dyslexics because we start, you're born that way. So as soon as we get that first book, we're already struggling, you know, and my mom did most my mom, my stepmom, my dad did most of my homework, you know, um, do I have a high school diploma? Yeah. Does my education take me perhaps grade eight of knowledge? No, I got, they passed me because of who I was. And, um, yeah, I hated every second going to school. And I just, every second I could, I was playing hockey because that was the only thing where I, again, it's not, not a sports, not, not a job at that point in time. It was my self-esteem booster. Right. And so hockey is such a visual, physical sport. So it, it kind of fed into where your natural abilities were without all the struggle that you experienced in school all day long. You know, I, I went as far as and did what I did because I had dyslexia. You know, obviously we've got to work harder. Most of us are harder workers than anybody. So that applied to, to hockey. I was never the most skilled, but I always worked hard, you know, worked harder than anybody. But the one big thing is uh, my spatial awareness. You know, you take a look at 50% of NASA are dyslexic. You know, I right. knew where guys were going. My anticipation, you know, was off the charts. I was always rated one of the slowest skiers in the league, but I had an idea where they were going before they did. So, you know, um, I always say dyslexia, if you have money, dyslexia is a gift. If you don't have money, it's a curse. And um, my sport took me uh, as far as I did. I'm blessed to to have that, to to be able to have a flat you know, platform to, to talk about dyslexia and try and bring it to the forefront where it needs to be. Right, exactly. And I think that that the way sports really feed into us and your ability to know where somebody's going to go before they are in my world, we call that intuition. And we call that uh, like it's a, it's a physical and spiritual giftedness. And, and dyslexia is positively correlated with intelligence, even though there's a misnomer and people might feel bad about themselves. Everybody I know with any form of dyslexia, it has a gifted IQ or higher. It's just a different learning strategy. And so you just, you know, you found a sport and an outlet that you could intuitively and use your natural giftedness to, to compensate and to offset for this other situation over here. Thank God you found hockey, right? And that's, and that's the biggest thing is, yes, I agree with you. You know, we're always on the higher end of the IQ, but you know, and, you know, 50% of us are in prison, you know, in the world is, you know, is because we don't have that out. It's not the understanding. There's no, the understanding isn't, isn't there. 
you know, thank God I did have hockey. If I didn't, you know, you're always thinking, oh, I'm that kid, I'm dumb. You know, the self-esteem aspects, you know, you, when you struggle. But, yeah, we have some amazing gifts. And um, we thought, you know, antip- anticipation in hockey, mine was off the charts. You know, it's just just try- having these conversations so people have the understanding at a, at a younger age that it is a gift. And you have to get through this tough time and understanding, you know, the earlier diagnosis, the earlier understanding of what it is, then it turns into a gift. The longer it goes you know, in my mind is when it turns into the negative side of things because you can't get yourself out of it. Right, because you don't know what, what it is and you're walking around thinking I'm somehow inherently flawed yeah. when it's not a flaw, but if someone doesn't help you learn and understand about it and here you are growing up your whole life and you don't have an understanding of what's happening with you until you're an adult. And so that is really profound in the way that happens, you know, and so I'm so glad that you had hockey to keep you going through. Yeah, so goodness, I wouldn't be here today if I, like I said, if, if I didn't. <laughs> right. And, and you're doing a lot to make the world aware of dyslexia and aware of the situations and aware of what's going on. And you've also doing a lot of work in your own life yeah. to may help it work really well. What I'd like to talk about is I know that um, I watched a video that you've done. And so I kind of did my homework here. And, um, and I would love to talk to you a little bit about when you got out of the NHL and some of the, some of the struggles you had. And what did you do to help create your new life, your life where this is now your mission? Like, how did you make that transition from a professional, very successful athlete to like the real world, which is not so friendly all the time? Yeah, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, you know, I didn't enter the real world, like I said, till I was 40 years old, you know, going to school, you know, uh, moved away at 16, playing junior, turned pro. Um, you know, it's a, it's a different life living in the public yes. eye, you know, not writing emails, you know, playing a sport. Um, you know, most of us wake up in the morning, kind of ramp our day up and then at night, you know, you know, we got to go down Well, we're the opposite at night. We had to ramp up. So, you know, what he did to the body and surgeries um, and then just to have the door shut on my life that I did for 40 years with no resources, you know, um, I turned to drugs and alcohol uh, in, a, in a heavy, heavy way. Wow. And so uh, obviously you're still alive. So that means you found a way to get on the other side of the drugs and alcohol. So, yeah. so what, <laughs> so what happened? Yeah, I, I had an intervention, you know, people threw me in rehab and you know, I've been sober over five years. And I always tell people it's easier for us to go down, down that path because we struggle, you know, it's, you know, when you got to make that tough decision, it's easier us for, to go, you know, the negative way. Cause that's all we know. It's an everyday occurrence for us. So um, I was burying my feelings into, uh, you know, I got divorced uh, after my career and needed to find a job. Nobody hired me who I am. I'm worthless. I got nothing. Um, you know, um, I'm, it was just one thing after another. So I had to get sober to be okay with who I, I you know, I am. And that's when the foundation, uh, you know, come into play. And, and my purpose was found, you know, finally when I was able to see life, you know, differently and sober. Right. So you can clear up and say, okay, there's something bigger going on here that I can do. And, and I think about it and I go, okay, so hockey helped you cope with not knowing what was wrong with you, so to speak, when you were younger and that low self-esteem and feeling terrible. And then, but when hockey ended, that was like the invitation in a kind of odd way to like, let the real Brent show up and and be a voice for something that most people don't know much about and I, am, I would say i never want a kid to feel the way i do every day 
That's all. Yeah. You know, yes, I, I, you know, I completely agree. It, it, it can be a gift. But, you know, right now, I think it's more of a curse uh, for a majority of, uh, you know, the one in five, 20% of the population, because it's, it's, there's not the understanding there that needs to be, not the education of what it is and how, how we learn and how we think. And, you know, when you're in grade four and grade five and in high school, you're just trying to fit in and do, you can't fit in when you can't do the simple things. Right. And then and it, it really erodes your self-esteem and your any kind of confidence and then adds to the self-doubt. And so then then it's a cascading issue from there. So for everybody who's listening or throwing around the word dyslexia and neurodiversity, I'm going to ask Brent, what is dyslexia? Give everybody the definition from someone who lives with it operationally. Like what? You know, because a lot of people throw that word around. And you know what I think? I think there's a lot of um, misnomers and a lot of misunderstanding because you can't see it. Yep. It's a it's a real thing that can't be seen. And so from you to all the people listening to us, what are you dealing with? And, I, and that's key. You know, I always say this, and, you know, if you're blind, you get more resources than we do. And because you can see it, you know, so that's the hard part that we live with. You know, the three words you hear is dumb, stupid, and lazy. Work harder. You know, you're just lazy. Now you're just messing around. You know, so the one Everybody thinks dyslexia is just flipping your B's and D's. Right. Yeah. And I say that might be, that is this very smallest percentage of it. You know, some dyslexics don't know their lefts and their rights. You know, so kids trying to go and play a sport and the coach tells them to go left, they go right, they get yelled at. You know, um, it's that self-esteem. That is the, the biggest thing, you know. Uh, it's just the simplest things. Like I said, you can get a job if you're bad at math, but if you can't read, you can't get a job. You know, for myself, um, you know, if I got a business card on the table, I can't transfer it from here to my computer without messing up. So again, we're whiteboards wired differently. When it crosses over, that's, you know, that's where we get lost. You know, if the word doesn't spell and sound the same, I won't get it. Um, names, can never remember names. Uh, you know, just, there's just so many of these little things that people have no idea of you know, what goes on. And um, there, there's only one there for me. I can't spell it, you know. I can't. <laughs> and the biggest thing that I always talk about for, for boys and men is all dyslexia have an extra empathy chip. Mm. But in relationships, it is very, very hard. You'll find a lot of young dyslexics without friends because we think so differently. Right. And relationships for guys with the extra empathy chip is very hard. You know, women yep. don't like that. So um, there is so much more to it. And that's why, you know, I always, you know, I appreciate having you on. I'll always talk about it because if it just hits one ear, you know, uh, open one eye, the stats are staggering. You know, uh, suicides have tripled in the last 10 years in, in teens. 90% of suicide knows left are dyslexic. That right there is a profound understanding. And, you know, I, I work and, and all my work is with the gifted and talented people who are neurodiverse in whatever way. And we all tend to be in the gifted world. We tend to be a very big voice to support people. 
And what I also notice is a lot of it is for the kids. That's great. But what about the adults, you know, that that made it to adulthood when nobody knew any better yet or explained it? And it's good that adults are starting to say, hey, hold on, let's grab the kids' hands and bring them forward and, and help them out. And so you have a foundation that you started um, that we're going to put the links to the show notes in so everybody can go check it out and support your foundation because I think it's valuable. And tell us a little bit about how you started it. What inspired you to get involved on this level? You know, again, go back to, you know, when I got sober, I, I had to be, be okay with who I was to stay sober. And, you know, yes, and that goes back to struggling. You know, when you're reading at a grade four level in high school, you know, I don't have a college degree. Barely have an, I, I don't even say I have a high school degree. You know, it's tough being a man at this age to, um, to fit in, if you want to per se, you know, along those lines. So I started the foundation because I never, never want a kid to feel the way I do every day. And if I can, we can diagnose this at a younger age, it can be a gift. Just like cancer, you want to find it in stage one rather than stage four. So, you know, that's where the foundation, you know, comes into play. I care. Um, I, I just, you know, I've got a platform and I think I might be the only one you know, in the world with a platform telling you the, the raw truth. You know, right. it's, there's not, you know, there's a lot of ugliness that goes along, you know, you know, just, you know, suicides, you know, to drugs and alcohol. There's, there's a lot of negative uh, things that go with this. And I'm not afraid to talk about it all. You know, um, managing money as a dyslexic is very hard. You know, that's part of, you know, just things that people have no clue. And if you don't have it, you'll never understand. So as a parent, um, if you don't really, you know, your kid knows it. Knows you love him, knows you understand, but he really knows you don't understand. So, again, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, the one message is you're not alone because I'm right with you. And whenever you're in a battle, it doesn't matter, depression or anxiety, alcohol, you always think you're alone. You know, so that's one tagline for the foundation is you're not alone. You know, it's just to get the message out that, that you're okay. And, you know, if I can make it, you can make it. And just to use my platform to share what dyslexia is and trying to bring it to the forefront. You know, you talk, I always say cancer is one and two, not all hereditary. Next thing is, you know, dyslexia. And that's got on so many levels, drug and alcohol, mental health. Um, it, it's got the biggest umbrella out there. You know, autism, what's it? One in 65 and not hereditary. So it's, it's right there. It's the biggest thing ever. And it's, it can be a gift. You're absolutely right. It's just, you know, if I can get it to that platform where everybody has an understanding of what that is. Right. And, and, it, and you said earlier, and I believe it to be true that it shows up in different ways in different people. And it's not obvious. Like you can't see it in you and you're talking to me and you make perfect sense. And I've watched, I've watched some of your films with you playing hockey. I've watched all this, like, cause I knew I knew you like, I'm like, okay, I got to go search this guy. And, and I love it. And I love watching your grace and your poise and your ability to just really knock really difficult things out of the park. So you would never know it. There would be no way anybody would know that you have dyslexia unless you told them or how much it really affects your life. And that's because, the biggest thing is don't yeah. judge your book by cover. You have no idea what is in the inside. And, you know, um, I tell teachers, there's such thing as a class clown or a boy. There's a reason why. That's 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's very true. And I, I see it everywhere all the time. And I like, you know, it's time that we started talking about the fact that there are major impacts on adults lives as you suffered as a child for a long time. And like you said, if you didn't find hockey, you'd be dead. Oh, I'm 100%. I would have done, I would have died years ago. And this opportunity to do good for people and support the young men and do the things you're doing would never have happened. And it's valuable. It's very, very valuable. And so I have a couple of fun questions for you. Um, What what do you do? What do you like to do for fun? Do you still play hockey? Do you, what do you like to do to have a good time in your life? Not hockey. I'll tell you that it hurts uh, hurts too much. You know, the amount of surgeries and the titanium, I got screws and plates all over my body. So um, hockey isn't fun. It hurts, you know, so, um, you know, my foundation, you know, for fun, you know, I like golf, but really my foundation is it's, I want to be known and a legacy. I tell my kids is the foundation isn't hockey. You know, hockey um, has given me the foundation, but I want to remember from, you know, for the foundation. So that's, that's my, you know, that's my fun. You know, I live to, to help parents and kids just to know, see, see a smile and know where they're at. Cause I can look at them and I know exactly what that feeling is. Yeah. You know, so, um, the, 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 everything that goes with it, the more emotions that I have there than I ever had playing, you know, playing hockey, it's hockey brought me more pain than good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it got me to my purpose and what this is, is my right. right. It kept you alive long enough to yeah, get you to exactly. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, Whoa, hold on a second. Yeah. And you know, you just said about knowing what the parents and kids are going through. Cause you feel it. That's where that extra empathy chip comes in. Right. Like, yeah. You can like really connect with what that's like because you can tell by the look on their face because you have yourself experienced that, whatever right. that emotion is. I got, you know, God's given me some amazing gifts and, and, you know, I counsel people around the world and I can connect dots inside them without even them saying it, you know. Um, yeah. like, How did you figure that out? It's just, you know, it, 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 you know it's a gift. Uh, it's almost, you know, it's almost, it's just short of mind reading, you know, and the things that I can pull out of people because I've had every single thing that ever happened to me. You know, I always say, I'm here to change the world. That's what the documentary is called because that's what I feel. And um, that's my purpose is to, to, to help people on, on whatever level. And that empathy chip, I can walk by somebody and see it. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I, I, the same way I can feel the energy before that even happens. Yeah. And, and that documentary was, is really moving. And I watched it of course. And I'm like, wow. And I usually don't watch all the way through the whole, any documentary. Cause, right. cause I, I don't have ADHD, but close. And I have all these intellectual things going on. And I'm like, okay, got the flavor, but yours, I had to go back again. Like I didn't have time for the whole thing. And I went back and started where I left off and watched it to, through the credits going, this is a really cool man it's not not just the hockey not just the dyslexia but you as a person your authentic real self is really a gift so i just wanted to tell you that's my impression from watching and seeing you um and so i have another fun question all right what is your most memorable food you've ever eaten memorable yeah, memorable. Doesn't have to be good or bad, just memorable food where you go, oh, man, that, I, I remember that. You know, I've lived around the world. Uh, I lived in Russia for three years. So mm-hmm. um, horse jerky to alligator. Um, I've, you know, 
Uh, I've lived lived a lot of places. I've eaten a lot of things. You know, been around the world, but uh, you know, I had alligator just recently. Um, most memorable. No, it probably mm-hmm. would have been. You know, um, I lived on a farm, so we used to kill our own. You know, kill our own cattle or chicken. So th- those are memorable for me because I worked to get it. Yes. Yes. That's important. It's a whole yeah. different thing than going to the store and picking it up. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The process that goes into raising that chicken you know, all year or, or the cow or, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, we ran out of milk. I'd have to go up to the neighbors a couple of miles down the road and, you know, have some warm goat milk from the goats. And, you know, right. that's really who made me, what made me who I am is, you know, you know coming up, you know, being born on a farm and raised and, you know, having to grind everything out every day. Yeah. Well, so then when you were grinding in hockey and grinding in life, you already know what that looks like. Because being raised on a farm is not uh, for wimps. <laughs> definitely not. That's made me, definitely made me who I am. And I appreciate uh, appreciate life, you know, living it through a, a different lens like that. Oh, yeah, totally. I, lo- I love it. I was race- racing sailboats. And so it was a different kind of thing. I wasn't on a farm, but it was a grind every day. Like we went yeah. to work really, really hard. It's a dangerous sport and all of those things. And I was the only girl at the time when I was younger doing it. Um, and so it was kind of interesting. And I look back and I go, I'm really grateful for those lessons and having that sport because I was so misunderstood growing up and things like that. And, um, and I was able to find something to dive into my sport, which then helped me over like until I could get to be an adult and figure out who I was so I think sports save a lot of us in a lot of ways that's yeah, a self-esteem you know I but one thing I just tell everybody you know don't ever why me every every lesson there's a you know there's a lesson in lesson whatever that pain is it's gotten you here today you know so you can never say why me and exactly what we talked about is being the only girl going through but that's brought you here today Yes, exactly. That's a good, I like that. I, Buddha said it, you know, if somebody said, why me, Master? He said, why not you? Yeah, exactly, 100%. Every, every, nothing, life's not easy, but there's a lesson in everything that comes in negative. You just have to be uh, big enough to take a step back and find it. Oh, that's cool. That's true. So before I ask you the last question of this interview, I could talk to you about all this forever, but I'm really appreciative of your time and and your expertise here and your passion for I get goosebumps. Uh, but before I ask you your last question, is there anything that was on your heart you wanted to share today or that's coming up that you would like to share? Um, I don't want us to close this interview without you feeling totally satisfied and complete with what you got to say. No, I just, you know, no matter what, whoever, you know, listens to this, you know, please share, you're not alone. You know, no matter what your battle is, I've gone through pretty much every single battle, drugs and alcohol, like I said, suicides. Um, you are not alone. It doesn't matter what that battle is. And that's the biggest thing. We all go through things. So you're not alone. Life isn't a white picket fence. Desperate housewives. That's not reality. So you know, <laughs> the biggest message is, you know, they're not alone. Oh, I love that. So your final question is, um, is the one I love asking people. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> and if that is, if we were going to put a billboard up that the whole world was going to see with your quote on it, what would you put on that billboard? Here to change the world. Here to change the world. Yes. Yeah, I you're, not, you're not alone. Those are the two things that I, you know, all the time. And because um, you're not alone no matter what you are who you are but you know i've always believed we talked about this earlier i'm here to change the world and uh that's what i'm trying to do 
Oh, that's perfect. So maybe for you, we need to get one of those billboards that are lit up that can change the message, <laughs> you know, that turn. And so we can put here to change the world. You're not alone. I think, I think we're going to do that for you, like that. you know, like and that. have it lit up. So it'll have some punch to it. Right. I love that. All right. Perfect. <laughs> you're, the, you're the first person I have had that like vision. I could just see it turning, going down the highway and seeing it turning with the lights, you know, that's, yeah. that's your billboard. All right. I'll, 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 I'll see if I can work on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is oh that's wonderful i want to thank you for spending your time hanging out with me today and and sharing your wisdom and your passion and all of you who are listening to branch you can check out the show notes for links to his foundation his youtube channel and every other way you can find him follow him contact him and remember you're not alone as he says i agree with that so thank you brent for being on the show with me today oh thank you for having me i appreciate it Oh, it's my pleasure. So remember, everybody, put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you. You are a rock star and you're here on purpose with a purpose. So until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.